Five years ago, Thanos erased half of the population of the universe. But the people of this planet brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. The sudden return of the population provided the necessary energy for the emergence to begin. How long do we have? Seven days. We're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the deviants. Why didn't you guys help fight Thanos? Or any war, or all the other terrible things throughout history? We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. By who? We need to find the others. I haven't seen some of them for centuries. Hi. Hello. This is what the end of the world looks like. At least we have front row seats. You know what's never saved the planet? Your sarcasm. We have loved these people since the day we arrived. When you love something, you protect it. Welcome to the Strange Harbors Podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Ture. And Derek Wong. So tonight we're discussing Marvel's Eternals, which is now officially the worst-received Marvel Cinematic Universe movie of all time. I'm actually really excited to talk about this movie, because I think there's a lot of fascinating things about it, and the discourse has been really, really heavy. A lot of interesting aspects to it. I saw it two weeks ago. What about you guys? I mean, you saw it today. I saw it less than two hours ago. And I saw it, what, two days ago? Amir, you must have gone in at, what, like 8 a.m., got out just now? Is that what (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Fucking interminable movie. It is long. There are movies where you can, like, excuse being long and, like, they need to be that length, but this movie did not need to be so long. This was... I agree. Incredibly, brutally overlong. Actually, before we get started, without pulling up the Wikipedia, can you name all 10 Eternals? <laughs> there's absolutely no way. Um, I'm sorry, there's 10? Yeah, there's definitely yeah, there's 10. 10. There's 10. I kept counting in every scene because I was like, how many fucking characters are there? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there's Icarus. All right. There's Cersei. <laughs> there's Thena. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. There's Makari. There's Fastos. Kingo. Yep. Who am I missing? Druig. Sprite. Druig. Mm-hmm. Am I missing someone? You're missing two. Oh, uh, 
Ajax? No. Ajax. Ajax. Ajax, yeah. I got it. See, I got it. <laughs> there's one missing, though. I think that's nine, isn't it? I still think he's a nine. Who am I missing? Oh, I know who you're missing. Oh, oh, Gilgamesh. You didn't say Gilgamesh. Yeah, you didn't say Gilgamesh. What um, is this, Test Derek Day? <laughs> I just think it's funny because, like, there's so many characters in this movie, and it's so unwieldy to me. Like, you can't... Yeah, it is. ...give everyone the time of Absolutely day that they true. need. But they do sideline a lot of the characters because I think they, they do. realize that, like, the ten is way too many, so they do sideline a lot of them. In a way that is like kind of understandable because there's so much to juggle. One of my critiques would be though, I don't think they sideline them enough. Okay. Like there's a point where we have to introduce every character again. Like we have to go find every character again and each has to get a moment to like reestablish themselves within this group. And I didn't even realize in my head that there's 10. Yep, there's 10 of them. <laughs> and to then have to do that to 10 characters, it's like, that is way too much. And like sometimes either cut the amount of characters or you just got to not care about some of these guys. And yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say, Mir? Uh, I was going to say, let's pull back a little. You want to just give an overall impression before we dive into cutting this thing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff. You want me to start? Oh, Go in chronological order. Right. You saw it two weeks ago. How's it settled in two weeks <laughs> in? All right. So parts of me think that it does deserve this Rotten Tomato score of 46. Is it 46% right now? 49? Yes, it's 46. 46. But also part of me thinks that some people are being a little too harsh because I think they did a good job of hiring Chloe Zhao and getting her like humanist drama elements within this movie and my thing is that this movie doesn't have a chloe zhao problem it has a marvel problem i think the marvel formula here is the dullest it's ever been i just hated the deviants i thought the deviants were fucking awful Mm -hmm. and all the celestial stuff i mean we'll get into it later but it's basically a rehash of guardians of the galaxy 2 right yeah, that's very true. Yes. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, it absolutely is. Because Ego is a fucking celestial, too. It's like that to a T, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's something interesting to be said about, like, these godlike beings with no purpose anymore trying to find their way in the world. That's a very, like, Chloe Zhao, intimate scope type of thing, blown up into, like, you know, like, Jack Kirby cosmic portion of the Marvel Universe. It's really interesting. But so much of it is bogged down by these nothing deviants that are so fucking boring. And the pacing's completely off on this movie. There's just so much exposition. And, like, when you're finally getting something interesting, oh, it's time to find another Eternal. Or, like, oh, we gotta find yeah. out what happened in the past. And, like, it's mm, not paced yeah. well at all. I, I think it's it's a big problem for this movie. But there are things I liked. There are a lot of things I liked. Mainly not the main two Eternals, Cersei and uh, Icarus, played by Gemma Chan and Richard Madden. I don't think they can carry this movie. It's either the script or something else. They can't carry this movie at all. All the other Eternals are more interesting. I thought Gilgamesh and Thena were more interesting. Droog and Makari, even Kingo, Fastos. Sprite sucks, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's a whole mixed bag. I also do think that Marvel movies have been unfairly inflated. The Rotten Tomato score, like, 
Ant-Man and the Wasp is not an 87% movie, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll go a step further. Ant-Man and the Wasp isn't that much better than this movie. It's just shorter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like, if Ant-Man and the Wasp was almost three hours long, it would be just as bad as this. Mm-hmm. You'd be just as upset coming out of theaters. Maybe more. Well, I don't know. I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp is more fun than this. I would rewatch Ant-Man and the Wasp over this. Only Even if it shorter. was three hours. Even if would it was three hours. Would you watch three hours, three hours of Ant-Man? I, I don't know if I would. Yeah. I, I kind of have to agree know. with you on this one. Dude, when's the last time you saw Ant-Man and the Wasp? I don't Since know. Like, theaters. Yeah, exactly. Probably you saw theaters, it once so. and you're never going to see it again. Get that revisionist history shit the fuck out of here. I have rewatched it, but like... I remember watching it again. I was like, yeah, not my favorite. <laughs> Actually, Amir, maybe we'll lead into you. So what, what did you think? All right. I'm going to preface this by saying I think my opinions on movies are like overly influenced by how long it's been since you watched it. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> By like what I've heard about the movie going in. Mm. I just adjust my expectations because I heard this was dog shit. I like walked out of this like, all right, that was height. Like, mm-hmm. if I'd gone into this expecting, like, oh, this is going to be the perfect fucking merger of Chloe Zhao's style with the Marvel method or some shit, then I would have wanted to kill myself. But, like, because I heard this was an awful movie, I walked out of this like, all right, it's being unfairly maligned. I don't know. I walked out of it like, you know what? Uh, that was pretty That was pretty all right. It, it, it was long. It was very long. But it wasn't, mm-hmm. like, unpleasant. I wouldn't check my watch every five minutes. Like, oh, my God, when does this end? Maybe every like, 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I actually thought this was sort of pleasant. Like, I'm not going to rewatch it. I'm not saying it worked. I don't think it did. But I wasn't like, wow, that was dog shit. Like, I, I didn't yeah. walk away with that feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I'll agree with you, Jeff. I think that other Rotten Tomatoes, like Marvel movies, are unfairly inflated. And this is, like, unfairly deflated. I'd say most of them are probably closer to this level than a lot of people would like to admit. <laughs> I think the fact that Thor The Dark World has a higher Rotten Tomato score than this is, like, no way. <laughs> like, no way. Yeah. I, I do think Thor The Dark World is worse than this. There's probably a couple of Marvel movies that are worse than this, right? I don't know. I can't really think of that many. We'll get into it. But let me give my quick yeah. impressions yeah, before we, um, we get into, like, specifics. But I think I'm somewhere in between you both. I agree with Jeff. This movie is way too long and there are definitely characters. And I kind of agree with your breakdown of characters in the sense of like ranking them on like my favorite to least favorite. The funny thing is I think the last three they introduce, the ones that seem to get the least amount of time in the present are the, are my the most favorites. interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I totally with, agree. with Fastos, Makari and, and Druig, I really like them the most. And then I, I agree, like, I think the Cersei-Icarus relationship can't really hold this movie together. It's not the relationship that I was, like, attached to and, like, really cared about as much as some of the other relationships we kind of learn about um, from the other Eternals. But I do agree with Amir in the sense that I think all the pieces are there for this movie to be good. It's just I think it's a little too bloated and takes away from the kind of overall experience. I, I don't agree with you, Jeff, that this is a Marvel problem. I do think that part of the problem is Chloe Zhao not being able to partially edit this movie down to, I think, a more manageable story. And Well, that's a Marvel problem, isn't it? Because they probably mandated so. that they had to include all this deviant nonsense in it. I, or like, I, 
throwing these no. celestials. I don't know. I don't think the deviants are the problem specifically. I think it's Crow. Crow itself was the problem, right? I think if you had like mindless deviants, like I wouldn't have cared if they were just like a, a tool. Wait, wait, wait. Of... who the fuck is Crow? Yeah, isn't Crow the Crow? the Santian one? Is that his name? The main deviant? Oh, he has yeah. a name. I didn't know that I guy didn't had even a name. Fucking name. <laughs> I had no idea. I, that have, I mean, I looked it up afterwards. So, <laughs> I don't, oh, okay. okay, there's, there's okay. no don't. way they say that in the movie. Yes, they yeah. don't. I looked it up afterwards, but I believe that's his name. The one that becomes like okay, more okay, sentient okay, and it. is absorbing the powers. I think that was a terrible choice to have that in the movie. Like, I think if they were just like these mindless beasts that Icarus kind of used for his end game, I think that would have been a better story. But I I do think that that might have been the Marvel problem. But I still do think that this movie is very bloated. And I, I have to hand off some of that to, to, I think, the director and the person probably editing this movie, right? She did write the script with uh, uh, the Furpos. Yeah. Actually, there's a lot of people that were credited for writing the the sequel. Yeah, once you're like more than two people on a on a script, I think you're you're kind of in trouble. But yeah, I mean, I'm probably in the same boat as Amir. I'm not like, I mean, it might have sounded like I was dumping on the movie a lot, but like it was fine. I wasn't like, oh, this sucked so bad, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a fine time watching it, and it just has issues. It's messy. It does. Yeah. I do think it's really lower tier Marvel, but it kind of swung for the fences. So yeah, Let, let's let's get into that real quick. I mean, I I think we've already alluded to some of the ones that are not as good as this. Where is this? I'm guessing this is somewhere like in the bottom five or ten for you. I guys, think right? so. Probably like the bottom yeah. five. <laughs> if you ask me, it's second to last. <laughs> second to last uh, to what? Thor, right? Thor, Thor the, the Dark, Dark World. World. I think I like this more than Ant Man and the Wasp. I would give it that. I think it's more inventive, I think, with the ending versus like Ant-Man and the Wasp is just very generic to me. I'll give you that. You know, with uh, with um, Janet's fucking quantum realm healing powers and shit, that was fucking stupid. Yeah. What did you guys think of Captain Marvel? That's another one. I think I like Captain Marvel more than this. I de- I, no, I definitely like Captain Marvel more than this. I probably do too, but I just remember... I know that's a that contentious being in like for... the meh category for me. Like I didn't hate it. Yeah, like, it's, I, fine. I agree. it's fine, but it's it's kind of meh. And I feel like there's a bunch of things that are sort of meh. Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson, like the saving grace of that movie, I think the chemistry between mm-hmm. them, I, I like sure. that yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah, I I think those are all within the same range. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of an Incredible Hulk apologist. I kind of like really? that movie. Maybe I have to rewatch that. I mean, I do too, but I know that movie was like a mess too. So it's like, yeah, that's another mess. Like, yeah, I remember that was a big mess during production. So, like, I, it's... and I think that one had the potential to be more disappointing because, like, a, I know who the Hulk is. I don't know who the fuck the Eternals are, so I kind of don't care. Mm-hmm. And then, like, also, like, again, like, I don't know, it's Ed Norton's in that movie. You're like, all right, this might be good. Like, that seems like the kind of thing that could end up being really good. So, if they don't hit it out of the park, you're like, ah, that's kind of a wasted opportunity, right? Yeah. I think we have a lot more criticisms probably of the movie. I mean, what what were some of the things you guys like liked? I like the costumes. The costumes were good. Mm-hmm. I think the intricate armor and like the carvings were nice. And then like I was into like the gilded weapons and effects of their powers in the beginning. Yeah. It kind of wore off towards that, and I was like, all right, enough of this nonsense. But that I liked 
how diverse the cast was. Yes, absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. And how they didn't beat Drew over the head with how diverse they were. Fastos is gay. He has a husband and a kid. And that's it. They don't make like a whole deal out of it. Yeah. Makari is deaf. I like that. They have like a cute little sign language thing going with uh with Kingo and, and Druig and I liked all the pairings. I liked Thena and Gilgamesh together a lot. Even though her fucking cosmic fucking dementia is kind of whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's never defined at all. I wanted to see more of uh Dane Whitman. I wanted to see more of Kit Harrington's character. I thought he had way more chemistry with Cersei than uh, uh Richard Madden. And, and I thought he was gonna be a bigger part of this movie. And I was I, did disapp- too. I was disappointed when he wasn't. I I I, I, I liked him. I'll disagree with you, Jeff, on what you said initially. You said you didn't think that Richard Madden and Gemma Shan could like carry this movie. And I actually liked Richard Madden in this movie. You liked him in this? I liked him in this. I'll say I didn't like Gemma Chan. I didn't okay. like her. I'm sorry. But I th- I liked Richard Madden in this. I thought he did a good job. I'm a, I'm the opposite. I actually like Gemma Chan more than really? Richard Madden in this movie. I, <laughs> I think Richard I Madden thought... is like – I think it's partially not his – faults i think the character is written to be very stiff and very like stoic and like emotionless mm-hmm. you know the idea is that he doesn't actually really care about humanity as much as um the Gemma chan character so like i understand how, like, how he plays it but then it's just it comes off very one note throughout the whole movie and ultimately that that's kind of like my biggest problem with that character my problem is that there's a very thin line between contemplative and somber and like tired and uninteresting and i think both Gemma chan and richard madden fall on the wrong side of that line mm. they, they're just not that interesting i think everyone else around them is more interesting i'll, I'll agree with say that the romance didn't work for me at all that's a big part of it though isn't it like the romance between those two characters it yeah. didn't really do that much for me yeah it ends up being critical but i think the so i guess it ties into what i like liked about the this movie which is i liked the central plot of like these soldiers for for this god that turns out, you know, their mission isn't exactly what they thought it was. And, you know, their decision on how to be loyal and how to deal with the enormity of the things they're being asked to do. Like, that central plot, I think, is good. And yes. I think Richard Madden is good in that part of the plot. I don't think his romance with Circe works especially well. But I think him as, like, the fulcrum of that plot works well. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I think him being that that person that is clearly on the the opposite side of most of the uh, the other Eternals, I think works well. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's one of my favorite things about this movie, and I, which I thought was very brave of her to attempt. And why I think that the crow deviant character was like unnecessary is that you didn't need another villain, right? Like I'll in the end, completely. the end, the Eternals themselves have a divide, and like yeah. Agree, agree 100%. That's the point where the movie became a lot more fascinating to me when, you know, like there's the turn for Richard Madden and then like the the Sprite character aligning with him. And then actually what I found really fascinating was the the Kingo character, right? Camille Nanjani's character like deciding to like abstain from this action to like say like, hey, I believe in what, you know, Icarus and Sprite are saying, but I'm not going to try to fight you guys, right? 
Like, I'm not going to try to hurt you guys. I'm not going to try to stop you from doing what you do. Uh, I think that was like one of the more fascinating ideas like that to actually come out of this movie. It was also kind of a cop out to get rid of a character that was like extraneous that they yeah. didn't have like the economy for. And they do that a lot, mm-hmm. right? Like, Makari doesn't show up until like the last 20 minutes of the movie or half hour. Yeah. It's just so lopsided. But at first, I was like really into like what was going on because the whole thing about like being these heralds for humanity and like guiding or not guiding them. Also, first of all, the rules for that are completely fucking whack. I don't know what the rules are. Yes. Like, are you interfering or are you not interfering? Like, you're not supposed to interfere, but like, you're fucking whispering in Oppenheimer's ear or some shit. I mean, we'll get to yeah. that later, but... Yeah. But, like, that's inherently interesting to me. I thought that's what this whole movie was going to be about without the the deviance, you know? Like, these, these godlike beings who don't have a purpose anymore, and there's, like, infighting, you know? Because I thought the whole plotline with Druig was great, or, like, yes. he loses yeah. faith. This divide of, of maybe Eternals who believe that humanity deserves their help and their compassion and then others who don't believe that humanity deserves their help at all which i thought is really interesting but then it's like oh the deviants are back you know so like yeah i thought that really kind of killed the vibe but Mm, mm -hmm. it's at least there which i think is interesting i really like the jewish character like i had a very very faint understanding of who the eternals were and their relationships before i came into this movie so Mm -hmm. like i understood that the jewish character was typically in the comics is like the bad eternal right he's the one that kind of turns yeah he like turns on eternals a lot Mm. so it was kind of interesting that his character was the most kind of like in tune with while trying to actually save humanity right like he believed in like interfering so that people wouldn't hurt each other and in the end like he's he's there protecting humanity and like fighting the good fight i guess my limited understanding like kind of fooled me and waiting for him to turn not realizing that it was going to be Icarus the whole time. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was super interesting. Yeah, you know way more about the Eternals than I do, so... I, I it's very, I, very, I, I, slight, I didn't, very slight. That's still way more than I do. I know nothing <laughs> about them, so... Yeah. You, you knew enough to be surprised. I didn't even know enough of that. And I think that, like... Yeah, well, I don't know. A lot of what drags this movie down is the connection to the MCU. It feels like if they tried to, I don't know, cut it away further or something. I don't know. I mean, it isn't really that tied in they actually kind of do a good job of not like they mentioned thanos once but other than that this kind of could be its own standalone movie yeah it could be it could be it feels like a phase one movie kind of in that way right like there's a lot of exposition and setup and it feels like it wants to be the movie that sets up the next phase of the mcu but i'm just not too sure if that was a too heavy on its shoulders um you know we'll talk about them later the two stingers basically like i feel like are setting up something that you know, way down the line, we're going to look back at Eternals and be like, oh, that's where they started. I, I just feel like this is another case where, like, people were blown away by the end credits, and I was just like, what the fuck ever, right? Like, yeah. they didn't give a shit about either of them. They were like, oh, it's going to blow your fucking minds. You're never going to look at the MCU the same way. I was like, what are you talking about? These end credits were, like, pretty much nothing to me. It didn't mean anything to me. I didn't really care. I really enjoy the end credits. Uh, but we'll, we'll get into that. I, I do want to say before we get off, like, the, the talk about the, like, it, the actual Eternals themselves, I found it hilarious that Kumail Nanjani got super ripped for this movie, right? And he was, for like... no the, fucking reason. Yeah, he was, like, the <laughs> face. He was, like, on a bunch of magazines. He's He was having interviews just 
for the fact that he was like getting ripped, right? Like he was like on yeah, late night yeah. talk shows and like he's not even in the the final fight. Like it's so funny to me that like they sidelight him and he's the one who just like You know what though? Jacked. Good for him cuz he was like, "You know what? Mm-hmm. I just want to get ripped for a role." And like Yeah, he just, yeah. He, he just wanted to take steroids. Like he just an excuse, right? To not eat cake and take steroids. Yeah, yeah like his wife yeah. could have said go pick up some groceries and he would have come back on steroids. Like he just wanted to do it. <laughs> and props to him. Like it took a lot of hard work too. I'm not belittling the hard work it takes to get fucking jacked. Like he obviously worked very hard. Props to him, uh, like, good work, but also fucking juice to the gills. And, and, and let's be clear, I, let's be clear, I love that for him. <laughs> I'm not yeah. hitting at all. Good for Yeah, I do, yeah. yes. Yes. And another problem I had with this movie is, like, these motherfucking Eternals, they're flip-flopping all the time. And they're thousands of years old. They spent thousands of years on the planet, and it just doesn't seem to me... Like, they have the wisdom of all those years on Earth. Absolutely. I agree 100%. That's one of the things that bugged me, is it does not at all capture the, these – these not seem like eternal thousands of years old godlike wise beings. They seem kind of shitty and dumb. Dumb, yeah. Which maybe that's the point because they're really like, I don't know, synthetic beings or androids or something and – Maybe they're not supposed to be that wise. Maybe they're supposed to be more like, I don't know, Greek Greek gods and be just very – well, not mindless drones, but maybe, you know, more like the Greek gods where they just kind of do whatever their whim is and, uh, you know, they're not necessarily supposed to be paragons of wisdom or whatever. And there's some, like, hand-wavy shit in this movie too where they go recruit Fastos, you know, and he's like, no, I got to, like, protect my family. I'm not leaving them or whatever. And they want to recruit him to save the Earth. Motherfucker, your family lives on Earth. What do you think <laughs> yeah. you're going to do when, like, you stay with your family and the whole Earth explodes into giving birth to a giant celestial, right? Like, mm-hmm. you live on the Earth, you know? Right. The fastest thing, I think, is just, like, script-wise, it was also, like, I mean, you mentioned this already. We see the atomic bomb in Hiroshima and, like, you know, Ajax telling us he's given up on humanity. And then, this, like, a second later, he's like, I have a family and I like humans again. Like, I'm okay with them. <laughs> and it's just, like, it's so long. This movie's so long, but yet elements like that are just so rushed. I don't know whether to defend the Hiroshima scene or, like, think it's completely cringe and fucking ridiculous. I, I flip-flop on that all the time. <laughs> On, on one hand, I, I I applaud how nutty that fucking whole sequence is, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, it's really, really cringe and on the nose, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were making fun of it. Eh, whatever. Yeah, like, I get it. I mean, if you're thinking about, like, what's the most destructive, like, technology of the last, like, hundred years, it's easily, like, the nuclear bomb, right? So it's like, he blames himself for doing that. Like, I get it. I don't know. Yeah. And, and a lot of the humor in this movie didn't land for me. I, I thought Harish Patel was the best as Karun. I, I really like yes. uh, Kingo's valet. Definitely the best part. But a lot of the other jokes kind of just fell flat. I mean, I think the stuff with Kumail worked for me. Um, it's just so very clear, like, he's comedy and nobody else was, right? There was, like, it, it felt like nothing else was funny except yeah. for him. It, it just and, kind and, of and rested Karun. on his shoulders. Which is fine. That That's actually better than having everyone be quippy. But it just feels like he was in a different movie than... He feels like he was in a Marvel movie and no one else Yeah, was. and nobody else was. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That's, ex- that's exactly it, yeah. I, I, I totally get why you guys say that. 
I do want to get into a little bit of this, like we mentioned it earlier, this idea of like rehashing ideas that we've already seen in the MCU. I mean, you mentioned this plot of like putting a celestial to sleep Mm -hmm. that basically happens in Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, we've already seen, you know, in Age of Ultron, like the Hulk being subdued with like a hand gesture give me your hand or whatever and like i'll make you back into bruce banner like th- that's the exact same thing gilgamesh was doing to athena right mm-hmm. did no one at marvel like look over the script and be like this is a little we've already done this the guardians of the galaxy 2 thing is i think it's really fucking obvious yeah right it's it's even the same type of character like ego is a celestial so the whole mm-hmm. thing is that you think the Celestials are, like, these benevolent beings, which we already know they're not, right? So, like, I don't know if that rug pull really actually works, because we've already seen one that's completely fucking unhinged and selfish. I guess. It, it worked for me because I didn't remember Guardians of the Galaxy 2 that well, so I wasn't okay. talking about this shit. <laughs> so, I think this movie works better if you're dumb. So, um, <laughs> work for it's me. Not even, it's not even just Guardians of the Galaxy, right? They use the same tactic on Thanos on Titan, right? There's a point where they they put him to sleep to try to get the glove off, and it doesn't work. All right, but putting people to sleep is just a good tactic in battle. If you have the ability to magically put motherfuckers to sleep, I've been doing that shit all the time too. That's Guess true. what? It works. And you know what? The most powerful spell in Dungeons and Dragons is at level one. It's fucking sleep. <laughs> sleep. You put someone to sleep, and it's you like fuck Jigglypuff up their shit. is the most powerful Pokemon. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm going to assume that, that what you just said is true. Absolutely. <laughs> so it turns out that the deviants are like earlier iterations of the Eternals, right? Sent to prep. The planets for birthing of new celestials. I mean, it's a little different from Guardians of the Galaxy too, because Ego's trying to like make more versions of himself or like his little tendrils and stuff, you know. But it's basically the same thing, like using the humans as like I don't know fertilizer to to grow these uh, celestials. So in that way, I do think it's like a rehash and like. I really got flashbacks of that movie, which had way more personality than this one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I liked the Arishem stuff. I liked that as a cool visual, that that enormous, like, yes. flaming yeah, stone like god thing. It's cool. It's Kirby-esque. I mean, obviously, because he invented them. But, it, like, it does capture some of the best of, of uh, Kirby and the scale and the, like, yeah, the scale otherworldliness and stuff great, of it. Yeah. It's cool. It's really cool. Anytime Arishim shows up and he's, like, looming over the entire planet, you're like, yeah, this rocks. Like, the scale of the um, of uh, Tiamat coming out of the, like, planet, Dude, yeah. that should own. Yeah. That's really cool. They should have even gone bigger with that. Like, you, know, you see, like, clouds forming around, like, Tiamat's, like, frozen skull and stuff. Like, the scale of that is awesome. I love that stuff. That stuff's really cool. Yeah, I was just like at the end of the movie, I was like, wait, so like he's just there now, right? Like there's this big old appendage just now coming out of the earth of uh, like a half of Tiamat's head, like forever on, on planet Earth now. I thought that was Which is like, cool. A cool. I like visual. that. That's funny. I mean, I think what like the major thing that didn't work for me is and I think there's a lot of things here that could have been good, but they either like didn't lay the groundwork or they like lay the groundwork for just saying this is what it is and not showing you, right? Like why are you telling me that Sprite is in love with, like, Richard Madden's exactly. character yes. instead of showing yes. me that she is, right? Like, why are there no, like, longing looks and, like, constant complaints about how she's stuck in the body of a child? Like, that's what you should be hearing from that character in the beginning of the movie is at the end when she, 
you know, betrays them all to be with him and then subsequently turns herself into a human, it all makes sense as an arc as opposed to just like, oh, you told me these things about this character. And I get that's a character arc that should have made sense, but you never actually took me through it. It's like, like oh, you that were mad be- about being a kid this whole time? I didn't even know. Right. Like, that, that, that yeah. been a, yeah, like that, that storyline should have had some like pathos and real like sadness to it. And like, the, you just don't get very little from it. And you're like, man, I get what you were trying to do with that. Like being stuck and in the And guess what? It's kid. because there's fucking 10 of these dudes. You can't spend right, the like, time to like. Being stuck in the body yeah. of a kid for a yeah. thousand years or whatever would have sucked. Like, I get it. And like, it, like, it's like, man, that could have been such a cool thing if you'd only done it right. And they like kind of didn't. Agreed. I think that goes for a lot of the the Eternals in this. I want to see way more of Barry Keegan as yes. a druid. I thought his whole arc was really interesting, but also incomplete. I didn't see enough of that to be like invested in the, the way I wanted. But he's such a like magnetic performer. I wanted to see more of that, you know, and like how angry and like disaffected he was with with humanity, you know. And yeah, he he really put you under a spell. He he was another actor that I felt like was in a totally different movie than everybody else. Like, his performance to me was definitely, like, not a typical, I feel like, an MCU performance, which which was fine. Like I, like I said, he's one of my favorites, and, like, I want more of him. So here's my question about Druid. Can he only control human minds, or can he influence his other Eternals? No, I and think like the idea is that he shit. can't. I don't think he can. So, like, once you get him off of Earth away from people, he is, like, worthless, right? Or maybe, like, lesser minds? Like, oh, I guess he couldn't do it to Deviants, you're saying, right? Yeah, that's well, true. I don't know. Or, or other Eternals. Like, if he, fight, if he was fighting, uh, you know, Icarus, for instance, like, could he have used it on Icarus? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just wondering. I don't think he can or else he would have, right? Like, that's the easy stop. Like, I'm just going to stop you in your place and you can't go anywhere. Presumably. But that's actually, and, and like, uh, sorry I'm jumping around, but, like, that's actually another thing that worked for me. I loved the fight against Icarus. I thought that was really cool. I love an evil mm. Superman. Uh, I love an evil Superman. And I love a, like, powerful villain and let's team up to kill the powerful villain. And, like, I thought that was all really cool. I like that part. Yeah. And I, I also even, like, sympathize with Icarus. Like, like he's not, like, completely evil. So, Absolutely. I mean, kudos to them for getting that across. I mean, like, it's the premise of the movie is, like, if God asked you to commit something that uh, that you thought might be bad, like, would you listen to God or would you not, right? Like, right, that's exactly. kind of what it is, right? Because, like, the Celestials, uh, I mean, at least in theory, like, the, the, like, the Celestial being born is going to kill everybody on Earth, but you need Celestials in order to, like, see the universe with more life or whatever. Like, in theory, yeah. this mm-hmm. is just, like, the circle of life. And, like, you know, right. humans are, like, you know... I don't know, ants or whatever to us, right? Like, you kill a million of them, and it's, like, not a big deal. It's, like, not a big deal, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is sort of the analogy. It's, like, well, you know, the the circle of life needs to go on, and so a whole bunch of humans are going to have to die. But on the scale of celestials, that's not that big a deal. And that's fascinating. I, I think that's that's cool. I mean, I think that also goes to, like, I think Marvel does have a problem where it's hiring these auteurs and not knowing what to do with them and just drowning them in the house style. But I do think Chloe Zhao's style and like her filmmaking aesthetics did come through in this movie, right? You have like, yes, the South Dakota or whatever they used as a stand in for South Dakota. That's very her, you know, a lot of magic hour photography, which I really liked in this. I mean, it looked good. It, it looked a little muddy and like colorless, like a lot of these movies do. But it's a it's a pretty muddy, colorless, you know. And 
I think her voice came through more than like I don't know some other directors that they hired. You know, like uh, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck for Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. I agree with that sentiment. There were some shots in this movie. I'm like, okay, this is this is Chloe Zhao. This is what I signed on for when I wanted to watch this movie. Yeah, like what did it for you? Honestly, I really love that first shot when the the Eternals are descending. You know, they're just oh, and they're like super tiny, yeah, and yeah, they're super tiny, sure, descending. Really cool shot. Um, I agree with um, uh, Jeff, like the stuff on like the just the farm, like the South Dakota farm, Um, Mm -hmm. and even her style. Even though it's like at the end, it's all like CG, but like I think you you brought it up, Amir, just like the scale of the um, Tiamat at the end, right? Like it like bursting through the the earth. I think like. That was super beautiful to me. This is definitely one of the the nicer um, Marvel movies to look at, at least. Yeah, it, it just it's, it's a shame the deviants stink because yeah, I will I will say that I think the deviants look terrible. They do look terrible. They look bad. I didn't hate them, but like now I now I'm hating them. Like now the more I think about, it, I'm like, Ugh. like <laughs> every time I think about them, they like fucking evolutionary power is evolving to suck more because I'm like, fuck, their appearance is really awful. <laughs> The more I think about it, I'm like, shit, they really did stink. They really were just they're visually so, so uninteresting. Yeah, right? they're so yeah. visually uninteresting, right? And it's like, you had monsters you could have done anything with. And to an extent, like, that's true of the, like, powers that they had to. Circe can turn anything into anything, right? Like, any, mm-hmm. whatever, inorganic material into any inorganic material. Something like that, whatever. However her fucking power works. She can turn anything into anything, it just can't work on living creatures, right? So, like... You could have done so much with that. And they don't do very much with it at all. And she's your main character. She turns like a bus into rose petals, and that's pretty much it. I mean, she turns one of the deviants into a fucking tree, which is like, oh. Which rocks. Do more of that. Yeah. Yeah, more of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, turn it into mm-hmm. a tree. Breaking the rules of her powers. Turn, yeah. people, turn people into pigs. I think that's your thing, right? Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. Wrong Cersei, but yeah. No, I think right Cersei. I think that's supposed to be is it? like the Cersei from Greek myth is supposed to be her, I think, in Marvel Comics. I uh, think. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I guess so, yeah. Right? Like, I think that's the whole idea. It's like, oh, there's Jack an inspiration Kirby's for, thing like, was turning like the Greek gods into these these uh, these ancient beings or whatever. Yeah. Well, let's, or like, let's... dude, turn a deviant, like, I don't, I don't know, turn the ground into the deviant into like uranium or something. I don't know, dude. Like, you could do so much shit with Irradiate your power. Them or something. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, just, but like, they, they I don't know. The script likes to give her a pass. Just like everything she does is like, oh, I didn't know how to do that. Like, I didn't know I could dude, do that. Dude, people complain it's about like, like Mary Sue's, but she's like, she's not a Mary Sue, but she's very just like, we decided this was the hero and now so she's the hero. It like mm-hmm. felt very just like unearned and, 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 and just, I don't know, it yeah. did nothing. It did nothing yeah. for me. Like, a couple of characters' powers are just, like, being good at fighting. Like, Kingo, Gilgamesh, and Thena, and Icarus are really all kind of the same thing. They're all, like, the fighty guy, yeah. right? Just that Icarus flies and has Legion. Yeah. He's, like, he's evil Superman. So he's definitely the best yeah. of them, right? Like, it's him. He's really cool. Thena's pretty cool. Gilgamesh is cool because he has, like, a good relationship with Thena. He's a cool character. His power is just, like, ooh, I make, like, magic gauntlets. Whatever, dude. It's, like... Green Lantern, where when all they do is like make shields and shoot beams, it's like okay, that's boring. Yeah, like, you mm-hmm. can do literally anything with that power, and you just have like zero imagination. That that's always disappointing. I mean, that, that's the least of this movie's problems. But it would have been cool if they'd done something interesting with it, right? Yeah, like Thena, make some machine guns out of your fucking gold filigree or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. I will say that I thought Angelina Jolie was a little wasted in this movie. 
She was. She so, totally yeah, was. I was like, oh shit, they got like Angelina Jolie and Selma Hayek from a Marvel movie? But really, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. It's more like Angelina Jolie and Selma Hayek got a check from Marvel. But they didn't fucking like this. You didn't use these actresses at all. They got Mads Mikkelsen. That's what happened to them. <laughs> they got Mads right? Mikkelsen. <laughs> I, I would say that at least, I, in my opinion, I think the Selma Hayek character is, is a little bit meatier than the, the Angelina Jolie character. When you have a, an actress like Angelina Jolie, I expected her to be like, you know, like if she was the Cersei of this. Right. You would have thought she would have been the main character. Yeah, yeah she absolutely. would have been the main character. Not to say that Gemma Chan isn't a great actress. Like, I think is I would she? have been really. She's good. She's no, good. I think she's a great, good, good actress. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's she's good in things. I, I just think the material that she was given was was very weak in this. I think all the actors in this are great and competent and like given maybe better a better script or you know more meaty roles. Like I think it, yeah. I think part of it is the script level of this the whole thing. Yeah, no one's like outright bad. I don't think. I mean, this is like a the whole is like less than the sum of its parts, right? Like, you hear about mm-hmm. all these actors who are giving me in Eternals. Here's Chloe Zari. Like, oh, shit, this is going to be a banger. And it's like, yeah. eh. Like, none of that really hits. Yeah. And maybe that's why so many people were disappointed. Like, I think it is, yeah. It's, it's like this loaded cast, this director off of, off of Best Director, Best Picture win at the Oscars. I don't know. I think it's like a confluence of things about this Rotten Tomatoes thing. But, but, but I do agree. I think when you get... Angelina Jolie, you should fucking use Angelina Jolie and they absolutely because she's a fucking grade A supernova movie star. Maybe like not in recent years, but like she still got that. Like no, I'm sure she still got it. Yeah, and also like, and this goes to the, the constant complaint against Marvel, but like, and I guess it's just what they do. But like, she's also a sexy actress, and Marvel doesn't do sex. They did their one sex scene, and it was like. About, like, 3.2 seconds long. And, like, it's like, all right, if you're going to do a sex scene on a Marvel movie and you have Angelina Jolie, I don't know. It just feels like feels like a fucking waste. Give me some, like, original sin fucking Angelina Jolie. <laughs> give, give me some of that, like, acrobatic sex scene, right? I, I think the only problem with the sex scene in this movie was that there was not enough hallelujah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> it felt very out of place. Like, my fiancé turned to me is like, that was weird. Either commit or just don't have it. <laughs> yeah, it just felt like Marvel, like, oh, I hear you don't like that we don't have sex scenes. Here's one in the movie, right? Yeah. And it's very, like, sanitized. It doesn't look comfortable. It's not, like, sexy at all. It's just whatever. It's not comfortable because aren't they on like some fucking rocks or something? Yeah, like- they're like some riverbank rocks yeah, or whatever. Yeah, use those powers. Turn that shit into a fucking queen or at least, I don't know, <laughs> something. So is Gemma Chan only good in Crazy Rich Asians? What else has she done where you're like, oh, she was good? She's good on that AMC show Humans. Okay, or she- right, fair enough, fair enough. Fair cop, fair cop. She was way better in her first MCU movie. Uh, she oh, yeah, Minerva she's in Captain Marvel. In Captain Marvel. And she had way more personality there. She was kind of mm-hmm. like this uh, badass Kree assassin, right? Yeah. Kree assassin, and and she's kind of a piece of shit. I don't know. Maybe maybe just villains are more interesting. I don't know. But she's a giant yeah. nothing here. It's actually really like yeah shocking because she's the main guy and she's nothing in this, which is a real shame. Should we get into some of these uh, post credits? You guys want to talk sure. about this a I don't little give a bit? Fuck about these post credits. <laughs> First of all, I was spoiled 
people were like, oh, Harry Styles yeah, is in the movie. playing Thanos' brother. I'm like, I don't even fucking know that Thanos had a brother. Who gives a fuck? All right. I give even less of a fuck than you because I was spoiled and forgot by the time I was doing <laughs> it. Yeah, I totally forgot that was going to happen. And I saw it. I was like, oh, shit, this. Oh, I, I read about this. Cool. Oh, it, oh, yeah, huh. He was supposed to be in this movie. I totally yeah. forgot he was in this movie. There you go. I do, I do find it interesting. So, like, he outright says when he appears, right? Like, he's like, oh, my fellow Eternals. I'm the brother of Thanos. So does that mean Thanos was an Eternal? Because he is canonically, I think, in the comics, I right? believe that's true, yeah. So does that recontextualize what he was doing in Infinity War and Endgame? How? So if you think about it, is him wiping out half a population him trying to stop a Celestial from being born? No. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that's a giant reach. Because... Because they mentioned it in this movie, right? Like, it was the fact that they reversed what he did was the necessary thing to That's get true. this planet ready for the emergence. Right. I, you can't go back and, like, change his story. But, like, now when you think about it, it's like, well, was he going around wiping half population so that they can never be turned into a celestial planet? Who cares? He's dust yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. I just think that, like, a lot of people have been thinking this and, like, Marvel didn't think enough about this. Uh, or maybe they did and they just – they're trying to troll us to make, th- you know, Thanos the hero again or whatever. I thought Patton Oswalt as Pip the Troll was fucking awful. Oh, really? Why? It looks bad. That CGI looks bad. I mean, it's just a little cameo. Who cares? But, like, uh, that didn't really do anything for me. No idea who that character is. So, it's like it, it didn't really do anything for me. People are like, oh, the MCU is never going to be the same. Like, I don't I don't care. I think you hated it in part because people said that to you, right? If no one said that to you and you saw that post-credit scene, you'd have just been like, eh, all right. Yeah, exactly. And the post-credit scene has Kit Harrington's Dane Whitman opening, what is it? A like box. Some, a box, a chest. <laughs> a box. <laughs> it's like his ancestor's box or whatever. So he's Black Knight in the comics, right? I don't yes. really know anything about Black Knight. Yeah, Black I don't know Knight, anything about not but Black Knight. But. He has this legendary blade called the Ebony Blade. So I think that's what's in the box. And then... Which it is, yes. Yeah. Someone's speaking to him? So I recognized it right away, but then like, now I've seen some things where like people are not exactly sure if that was that person. And I'm like, Well, really? they confirmed who it was. It is Mahershala Ali, right? Well, when I heard it, I thought it was Jeffrey Wright as the oh. Watcher. But you thought it was Mahershala I heard Mahershala Ali. It's confirmed that it's Mahershala Ali. Okay. But what the fuck does Blade have to do with Black Knight? I don't understand. I don't... I guess we'll that's find out. Weird. Who knows? It would make more sense if it was the Watcher, right? Because, like... I don't know. I don't know where they're going with this, so... I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea either. You know, we know there's a Blade movie coming, so is he going to be in the Blade movie? Like, is Blade going to be in the next Eternals no or both it's or whatever? It's fucking worthless to speculate. Like, you who cares? I was not expecting to hear, like, Mahershala but, like, now I'm like... At least let, let us see him then. Rather than being a voice, give me the first image of Blade. So, yeah. I, yeah, in the end, that was a little disappointing in that regard. I feel like they're just phoning in these post credit scenes now. Where mm-hmm. it's like disembodied voices, characters you don't give a shit about. Like, before, that shit was exciting. It was like the first appearance of like a lot of these characters. Like, we've come a long way from Samuel L. Jackson at the end of Iron Man, right? Like... Like, that was, oh, shit, Avengers Initiative, you know? Like, big holy shit moment. 
Well, there's little to build towards anymore. They've already built out most of this universe. What are they going to shock you with? But, like, what Derek's saying, just have Blade show up and, like, people would flip a shit. Like, I would actually legitimately be excited if fucking Mahershala Ali showed up as Blade, like, sitting in a chair or some shit. Or, like, just have, like, an actual action sequence as, like, your post-credits. Like, Dane's walking down the fucking uh, London sidewalk and he's attacked by vampires or some shit and Blade comes in, like, fucking cuts the vampire's head off, you know? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I want to see that. But now it's just, like, throwing out crumbs, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it gets paid off a little bit in the post-credits, but, like, I found it very clunky. Like, at the end of the movie, when he's like, I have to tell you something about my family, and then she gets, like, whooshed away, and it's, like, clearly... Setting something up, yeah. Yeah, the thing I like least about Marvel movies is when they feel like this need to set up something i was just like you're seriously gonna end this movie by him like not being able to say what he says like you still don't know who he is by the end of this right he opens a box Mm -hmm. and there's a sword in there and that's it like you don't know who he is so like there is no payoff to this i need to tell you who i am it's just setting up the next thing yeah it's just what marvel does all right so what do you think is the deal with this rotten tomato score i know like rotten tomato scores don't really fucking mean anything It's just, like, an aggregate. But, like, what makes this one, all of a sudden, like, the one that everyone is so eager to dunk on? I think it's partially... It's the fatigue finally starting to set in. Like, it's easy... I think it's something like that, too, yeah. It's easier to target this one because this is after the Infinity Saga, right? Now we're, we're starting anew, and it's kind of easier to maybe, like, target this one because it isn't connected to any of the previous marvel movies and this is supposed to be a new beginning so now we were kind of like freshly starting to grade these movies again but my question i think is does it even fucking matter like is marvel too big to fail at this point i mean looking at the box office it does seem like they're doing quite well with those movies so yeah i feel like the fans don't give a shit what uh the critics say even though they get super mad a lot of the defense of this movie is really crazy, where they're like, this movie has, like, such a diverse cast, like, a, a fully gay character directed by an Asian woman, like, how dare you give it a negative review or whatever. Like, just because a movie's diverse doesn't, like, prevent it from being fucking bad. Wildly dishonest and cynical, right? Like, why are you yeah. doing free publicity for Marvel movies? Like, you're not getting a cut The most check. successful Shut thing the in the up. entire fucking universe. Like, why are you going to bat so hard for, like, something that doesn't need defending? It's the most popular thing in the world. It makes the most money in the world. Let people dislike this movie. And, like, the whole thing is, like, people think these negative reviews are like, oh, this movie's like a zero. It's dog shit. Which is not the case. Like, a lot of the reviews are just very, very mixed, like, all of us. Like, there are things they liked about this movie. There are things they they didn't. And it's just very middling. It's not like, oh, people are saying this is, like incomprehensible dog shit or whatever you know yeah but i i do think like the fatigue is is setting in and like i think like people who are like like highbrow cinephiles or whatever are are bristling at the fact that chloe Zhao like quote-unquote sold out and made a marvel movie i don't know there's a lot of different factors i think i think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that the rest of the marvel movies are inflated right yeah that's true too like i think Almost all those Marvel movies could go down by, like, 10 to 15 Rotten Tomato percentage points. Yeah. Let's also not forget that the next movie 
is Spider-Man No Way Home, and it's going to be yeah, that's going to crush huge. That's going to and no that's one's going to remember this. Like no one. You're like, absolutely right. Yeah, 100. percent Because like I was just about to say, yeah, the fatigue setting in. They've lost that first generation of uh, people who either were or became superstars onto the agus of these MCU movies, and like it was always going to be a tough transition going from the heroes and actors that everyone had grown to love to like this new generation of like B-list or C-list or characters, right? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe Spider-Man is going to help them bridge that gap. Maybe some of these second or, I don't know, fourth wave. I don't know what, what wave of the MCU are on now, but whatever. Maybe some of these post-Infinity War movies will pop off the way Guardians did, right? Where it's like complete unknown C-list characters and it just it, – and it works. That can happen. I think Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be our first like 100 million plus movie. And opening like the weekend post-pandemic or, post-pandemic or the pandemic yeah. era yeah like i wouldn't even be surprised if it at least maybe even got up to like 150 how does the matrix do oh i don't know they're talking about big movies in december that's the other really big one right yeah i mean i don't know which one actually comes out first i think it's got to be spider-man right because i think matrix is the christmas yeah but my prediction is i think spider-man's going to do bigger than the matrix yeah i mean first of all the marketing for spider-man's out of control it's it's a fucking marvel movie even though the marketing for the Matrix Resurrections is pretty cool, like, I haven't heard a peep other than the trailer that came out, right? Yeah. I think at best it's going to do, like, I don't know, 60, 70 mil oh, wow. opening weekend. I think it can get up to maybe the 80s, 90s, but I don't know if it'll break maybe. 100 I think threshold. you're overestimating people's nostalgia for the Matrix. Maybe especially I am. Yeah, I feel like maybe when if you're... People didn't really like the second and third ones. Like, if you're 15, you probably don't care about The Matrix, whereas, like, for me, that movie hit when I was 15. And so it was like, oh, shit, like, this is, like, made a permanent imprint in my mind, right? I also give movies, like, the holiday bump. Like, there's always, like, that holiday movie that everyone's, like, you know, wants to go watch and you will watch it with your family and stuff. So, like, I think it's coming out at a good time. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I, I think it could do numbers, but I, I agree. There is there is this, uh, has it been too long since the last one came out? And let's also remember that the last two movies of that trilogy weren't always seen in the, in the most positive light. And the thing about The Matrix is that I think in hindsight, like looking back, I'm way more favorable on Reloaded and uh, Revolutions now that we've had so much like superhero stuff that's just like so homogenized and the same, like reloaded and revolutions, that stuff is like that stuff swung for the fences, even though like it didn't really hit sometimes. Like it looked interesting, it had color, it had like personality to it, it had huge swings in the storytelling, um, which we don't really see anymore. I feel definitely reloaded whips. A lot more than I think Revolutions does, but I, I do agree. I, I still like the trilogy as a whole. Like I've never been like a Matrix like basher. Like I feel like some people have been. Yeah. The one thing is like going into the theater and like seeing the Matrix Resurrections trailer on the big screen. That shit fucking hits, man. Yes. That yes, shit it is does. fucking cool as fuck. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Oh my god. Speaking of trailer, okay, Jeff, you probably didn't see this. Maybe Amir, you did. So in the middle of the fucking trailers comes Mr. Matt Damon. Did you see this trailer? Did you see this? Amir? Um, Do you know exactly what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's talking about like explorers or something. I kind of yeah, like, tuned what? out. What is he? Is, so is, he was, is like, that crypto? Is he shilling like, for crypto or something? Yes, in the middle of the trailers, sandwiched between two movie trailers 
was a commercial for crypto. Like with Matt Damon. What? Yes, I think he's like walking about like explorers, and like you see like the Wrights brothers or whatever, and like astronauts, and then just crypto.com just shows up on my screen. I'm like, did I just fucking watch a commercial? For crypto in my trailers. I was like, this is weird. I was pretty sure you have seen it because I, I think you went to a press screening, right, Jeff? Yeah, I didn't see yeah. it. it, it you just, mine, just mine Google it. Look, look this shit up. Matt Damon crypto commercial or whatever. You'll see I, it. It's so I'll, fucking. I'll spare myself. I don't need to watch <laughs> Matt Damon show crypto. You know what? I know you're going to watch Spencer. Are you going to watch it in theater? Or are you watching like a, like a. No, we're watching it in theater. So you might actually see it because it was in my Spencer's showing too. Oh my god. <laughs> Aren't they also doing a Princess Die storyline on the crown right now too? What is this? What's happening? Jeff, maybe you could speak more to this because you said Ashley really likes all the like crown stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Oh. she likes it. I don't know. People are just obsessed with the royal family. I yeah. I don't fucking see it. I don't really care. But we'll see. Alright, well, is there anything else that you guys want to mention about the movie? I don't know, man. Go, go see Eternals. It's Chloe Zhao's best. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, if you were already going to see this movie, like, you were already going to see it. Don't let our review stop you. Like, it's good enough that if you're already going to see it, like, still go see it. Yeah. It's worth seeing. And it's also bad enough that if you were not going to see it, like, definitely don't go see it on the strength of this. Like, we, yeah, yeah, this we, is not going to change like, anyone's mind about the We did not like it universe. enough to try and change your mind on this movie either way. That's, yeah. my, that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... They do try some different things in this, and they're fighting real hard against the Marvel formula, and it's not really working, but but there's something there. There's a lot of yeah. shit I wish worked. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating failure, I think. It's, a, <laughs> yeah. it's an ambitious mess. I think that's that's what it is, but yeah. Maybe they just keep loosening the reins with these auto directors till they finally get it to work. I know, maybe. One would, one would hope. I hope this doesn't discourage them from, like, trying again with, well the like, problem is it, it, seems like, it seems like their tighter leashed things do better i don't know maybe not not necessarily because i you know what i've heard about like captain marvel like they held that real tight and like that didn't turn out the best so like i think there is this balance of coogler and gun have like been successful yeah like, i was kind gonna of, say like, gun, gun was gonna out. be my gun was gonna be my like adhere to the house style pick yeah, yeah but still feel like unique and like very james gunn right so it's like and shane black i'll give you shane black too yeah With iron was, man 3 that shane was black that movie. was very much his style i think i think the twist to that was uh very shane black even though like they kept everything within you know the marvel house style but like you you felt shane black in that movie in iron man 3 so yeah i i hope they let more auteurs take the reins but like also you can't, like, discount, like, you know, just, like, journeyman directors, right? You know, like, John Favreau, Russo Brothers are definitely some of those. Like, mm-hmm. those are some of the best Marvel movies, too. Yeah. I hope they can split the difference and do a little bit of both and find a more even keel with with uh, with letting auteurs do their thing. I mean, I feel like John, is it John Watts, right? The one that does John the Spider-Man Watts. Movies? I feel like he's kind of like in that category, and he's like, yeah, yeah, he's, that, been, he's done really well yeah. with the Spider-Man franchise. Mm, yeah. That's absolutely true. Yeah, those Spider-Man movies are actually some of the better, more enjoyable yeah. MCU yeah. movies for sure. All right. Well, if that is all, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you guys? You can find me flying directly into the sun. 
Oh yeah, wait. So he's dead, right? Does he kill himself? Presumably. We didn't talk about this, right? We didn't really talk about this. Like I could totally see him dead, or I could totally see him like in that second Irishim saved him, right? I, I don't know. They don't show him dying. Maybe he's I think still the screen alive. just goes like white and like I think it it can be open ended if they want to bring it's him back. It's open ended, but like you're led to believe he's dead, yes. He didn't fly too close to the sun, he just flew straight into the sun. <laughs> His namesake. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find me at the world's okayest photos and Screen Agents Guild on Instagram. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions on the direction of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or Eternals, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like to get listener mail, sometimes read it on the pod, so feel free to shoot us that line at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We'll see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.